and they do a very good job. And I'm so grateful that we have people that are committed and that will continue to do that. I also want to thank Mary for her faithful service and, of course, Mitch filling in for Tony today. So if there's any problem with the sound, no, I'm just thankful he, he remembered to turn my mic off when it came to the singing part. Otherwise, there would be nobody left in this building right now. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off, my brothers and sisters, I, I, I just want to admit to you, it's just been a tough, I've, I had a different message planned and, and started working on something and then it just totally blew apart and I really didn't get all of this until uh, this morning. So we're just going to trust God, and I'm going to trust God. I have nothing, I, there's no one else I can trust. So in 1 Corinthians, we were there together just last week, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says in verse 12, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves, free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Hallelujah. And so remember, we talked about last week, it was great, we were talking about the birth of the church and, and how God uh, chose that day of Pentecost when everybody, it was the Feast of Weeks, and, and God chose that day to, to birth the church, to baptize that Holy Spirit baptism of the church on that Feast of Weeks when people from all other nations would be there and be able to participate, my brothers and sisters. And the Apostle Peter was able to clearly and, and just boldly uh, proclaim the the message of the prophet Joel and, and, and just absolutely say this is what he spoke of. It's happening now. Amen? I also want to remind you of what it says in Romans. And this is just quick. Romans 12.5 it says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So the question today, my brothers and sisters, whose body are you part of? Who, whose body are you part of? Remember again, the last week, the birth of the church, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord in one place. So in one accord, I know most of us know what that means, uh, my brothers and sisters, but well, just so that you do know, one accord doesn't mean they were all in a Honda. It, it doesn't mean that they, they, they were all just in, in one place geographically. What it means is they were all in one place. They were there for one purpose. They were there unified according to one goal, one ideal, waiting on Christ. Amen? Amen. So, so we know they were following the command. When Jesus, just before He, he uh, ascended into heaven, He appeared to His apostles and He said, Go to Jerusalem. Because the promise of the Father is going to be uh, poured out on you not many days from now. So, that, that, that was that day. But in between, when they left Jesus and they started to go to Jerusalem, they waited. And we know we've discussed that before. So, in order to go ahead, I just want to go back just a little bit. And I'm going to read to you from Acts chapter 1. See, we're in 2, the day of Pentecost, at, right at the Feast of Weeks. But now I want to go back 1. This is while they were waiting. I'm going to read from verse 12, and I think we'll have a couple verses up there. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Verse 14. Look at verse 14. These all, listen, continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus, and with His brothers. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples altogether, and the number of names was about 120. So, so we know that there was 120 in that room. But I, I want to draw, again, they were in one accord praying. Now this is before the Holy Spirit fell, as they got there, and they're waiting on Jesus. And then, you know, subsequent to this, they went ahead and they replaced Judas Iscariot with Matthias, remember? They replaced him, and then the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. But while they were waiting, they were, they were, they were taking care of some church business. See, this is the pre-church taking care of church business. They were commanded by the living Word of God to go and wait that they might receive His Spirit, the promise of the Father. So they're gathered in one place in obedience to what they had just heard and they're sitting there and they're waiting. And, and what are they doing? One purpose. One accord. Not one car. Not one place geographically. But they were in one accord. They were seeking and waiting for God. Amen? 
Amen. So, so I want to show you something, and, and it struck me, it struck me, I hope it, it has the same effect on you. If you look there, it says that the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Whose brothers? Jesus' brothers. This is something, because remember, his own brothers scorned him. His own brothers ridiculed him. But now they're waiting According to his words, his poo, his brother, her brother, the one who they scorned, the one who they ridiculed. They're waiting because he told them to wait here. What happened? They saw him alive. The power of the resurrection had an effect on all of these people. And now they're waiting just as they were commanded to wait. And praise God, as they're waiting, they're making prayers and supplications. This body, this group of people, Together, one mind, like-hearted, seeking their God. Amen? So I'm going to read to you just a little bit. Hang on. I'll read to you just a little bit. I'm going to read out of... We're going to end up... If For those of you who are listening, welcome. I'm glad you're listening still. Uh, we're going to end up in First John. But in the meantime, I would you just go ahead and take notes so that you don't miss something. So I'm going to read right now out of Luke 11. I'm going to begin in verse 17. But I want to give you this a little context first. Jesus had cast out a demon of a, a person who couldn't speak, a mute person. And immediately that person began to speak. And so the Pharisees and the people around him said, you know, they, they, they were taken back by it, and they accused him of casting out demons by the power of the devil. Okay? So we are, because this all of a sudden this guy could talk, they just were taken back by it. But now this is Jesus. Uh, responding, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom, div- kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against the, uh, a house divided against a house falls. If Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Now he's saying, if I'm casting them out. What, what do you do? How, why do you send your sons, to your sons meaning your disciples, those people under your teaching, why do you send them to, to do the same thing? Therefore, they be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Take notice of this, church. This is Jesus, not Tony. Mary, verse 23. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see that? I, I, want, you, I, want, you, I want you to... I, I want to make sure, and I know many of us have heard this scripture before, but this, I, 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 want you to, I want you to see it. Because I want you to understand, this isn't Tony. This is the Word of God. The, these words came across Jesus' lips. Again, He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. So, so, so let me just say that in Tony language. There's only one of two teams you can be on. There's only one of two bodies you can be involved with. Come on now. It's not Tony. We, we, we read it together. So if, if you disagree, you ain't disagreeing with me. You, you, you see it right up there. She left it up there for me. Hallelujah. See, it's Jesus who's saying there's only two ways that you can go. There's only two bodies you can be in. Either mine or that other one. Period. That's it. End of conversation. Ha! I like it. Just... You know, just cut it, right? That, that's it. There, if, ands, or buts, or maybe... Uh, nope, he just said it flat out. That's it. There's only one of two ways you can go. So now, here I am wearing this mask. Why am I wearing this mask? See, now, n- now let me ask you all something. Right? When I put the mask on, did any of you have any thoughts? Don't tell me what your thoughts were. Just, just say whether you had some thoughts. Anybody? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Some honest people. Some of you are probably thinking, what is that crazy pastor doing now? <laughs> thank you for your honesty, my brother. I love it. I love you, man. And some of you say, well, I wonder what he's going to try and say, what he's trying to do. Or maybe some of you say, maybe he's worried. Maybe he's a little sick. Did anybody think that? Well, maybe he's got a... No? Well, thank, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Huh. You know why I wore this? 
Because to me, this has become a symbol of the separation that's going on in our culture, in our society. And see, I'm not a pastor of the United States of America. I'm not a pastor of the world. I'm an under-pastor to Jesus Christ. I'm the pastor of His church. Okay? So now I care about the church. So what bothers me about this is the fact that now these have become symbolic of the separating of the church. Now, again, please hear my voice and please understand. I'm saying that this is a symbol. I am not saying that this is evil. I'm not saying that if you... Uh, you feel comfortable wearing masks when you go out in public or whatever. I'm not saying, oh, don't do that. That means you're not of God. I'm not saying anything like that. Please hear my heart. I'm just saying to you, this has become in our time a symbol of the separation that's going on. And I know that, see, God, God, Jesus himself said he came to separate. He didn't, he he came. Well, well, what what is it? So I don't care about the the wheat and the chef. I'm not, I'm not worried about what's happening as it relates to uh, people outside the church. I am. I am. But I'm speaking to you today as a pastor, again, of His church. I'm, I'm concerned, and I'm addressing mostly this morning, the separating that's going on in His body. Alright? So let, let, I want to make that clear. So I want to ask you again, whose body are you part of? Hallelujah. See, because we're seeing and hearing all of these things today. You know, first we got the pandemic and we got, you know, churches not being allowed to meet and then we had people... I've covered all of this. And, and it's so amazing to me how these things continue and how easily we can see. You don't have... You could be spiritually blind in one eye and, and totally can't see out the other and you know that we are in the middle of something right now. God, man, I'm telling you something. So now we get into this pandemic and we have people in the church criticizing other people in the church. We have people in the church saying, you know, we shouldn't meet and all this other stuff. We have people in the church saying, oh, it's okay just to stay at home. It's okay just to stay at home. Don't be rude. It's okay just to stay at home. And listen, that's just the same. It's okay. It's good. No, it's not. In one accord, in one place, if we want to see the power of the Holy Spirit move among us. Now, I'm not saying that if that's, if you, listen, if you're a shut in, if you've got some issues and you need to, that's okay. It's okay. But the minute you have the opportunity to gather with God's people, you need to be gathered with God's people. Hallelujah. 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 See, and I love now we have this problem, the George Floyd thing. I'm gonna, I, I addressed it last week very quickly. Let me address it again this. Horrible. Disgraceful. Terrible. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, the color of your skin. I don't care. Horrible. That was, that's a disgrace. It's horrible. But they're not going to divide me and you over that, or at least it shouldn't. We're part of the same body. I don't care where you come from, where your ancestors come from. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what language you speak. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, if He's your head, then we're part of the same body. And then we hear all of these things like systemic racism and these systemic problems. Do I believe that they exist? Yes, I do. Absolutely do. You, man, again, you cannot deny that th- these things are issues. But here's the problem that I have as a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If something is systemic, you cannot solve it. People who are systemically flawed cannot solve the systemic problem. It can only be solved by the system which is perfect, and that's God's system. That, that's the only way that it can be solved. You cannot take anything that's system, that, that any systematic or any systemic problem and say, we're going to fix this. And we can't, I don't care who the man is, who the person is, who the genius is, I'm telling you, we are all systemically flawed. It's only in Jesus that Tony is perfect. It's only in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go back to the Scripture. I know how you all love the Scripture. I have so many people that won't come to this church because they think I read too much Scripture. I don't care. I'm going to preach and teach out of this, listen, eternal Word of God. It doesn't matter what Tony says. It matters what God says. So here's what God says in Ephesians chapter 2. Therefore, remember... 
Look, it would be saying, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You see what this is saying? Listen, we who were not Jews, we were brought in by the blood of Christ. Brought into what? This commonwealth of Israel. Now, we become part of the commonwealth. Do you know this word commonwealth is translated from a Greek word which we get the word politics from? See, we've made politics kind of a different word than what it was intended from the Greek. This citizenship, this, this, this gathering, if you will, this, this, this commonality between peoples like a citizenship, uh, a group, a people group. Right? And so now it says that we're part of this people group now. We're part of this nation. We've, we've studied it before. We're, we're, we're a royal priesthood. We're God's special people. Isn't that what it says to us? So we're part of that. We've been brought in, but we weren't always that. None of us were. But by the blood of Christ, we've been Brought in, and the Bible tells us in other places in Romans, we've been grafted in to this thing that God... Isn't that a wonderful thing? Hallelujah. So now, we're part of this body. But see what... I, I love the way the Holy Spirit, in the first line there, it says, remember. And I bolded it, because you know, we need to remember that. Remember what? We're, we're, that we were in the flesh, we were once something else. But now we're, we're part of this people, we're part of this citizenship, we're part of this commonwealth. We're part of God's, listen, we're part of God's city. We're part of God's world. We're part of God's country. We're part of God's people group. Amen? And God is not trying to keep anybody out. He's trying to get everybody in. And so, for me and you, we got to remember that. Number one, we are God's people. We are citizens of the commonwealth of Israel with God's people. We live our lives according to that. According to what? According to being citizens of God. His laws, His standards. Amen? Okay, here's the other thing. We need to remember that we weren't always that way. So the people that aren't that way right now, we should have some empathy for. We should, we should go ahead and we should be sympathetic to some of their situations. Even when they're acting a fool, we have to be able to see them and say, I used to act that way. Oh, come on. That used to be me. Remember. Remember that. Why? Because look at We're supposed to be working with God because God is building His church. We're supposed to be working with Him to add to the church. He's going to add to the church daily those who are being saved. It doesn't look like it right now, does it? But He is. He is. But He's going to use you. You're His hands. You're His feet. You know, you're in a heartbeat. You're, remember, we're all different parts of the same body. And He's using all of us, His tools, His equipment, His church to build His church bigger, to build it stronger. Are you with me? That's truth. That's not Tony. That's Scripture. We've been studying that together for a couple of weeks now. But remember, we were on the outside looking in one time. So now all of those people who are acting crazy, who are acting a fool, man, listen, that doesn't mean we accept it. Oh, you're okay, you're okay. No, you're not okay, but neither was I. And I know the one that can make you perfect. Come with me. Come and follow me. We found him. We found him. Come on. What you're looking for, you may not even know what you're looking for, but I'm telling you, there's something you're looking for, and I know just the one who can give it to you. Follow me. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to go to Philippians. Chapter 3, verse 18. For I have told you often before, and say it again, with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about His life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven. You see that word citizens there? Same Greek word. Same one. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for Him to return as our Savior. Are you getting that? We are. We, so, so now the question remains. The question remains. Whose body are you part of? Whose body are you part of? See, because politics... 
politic, amen, politic looks to, to, to divide. It's, it's, it speaks to, in our time, it speaks to different um, groups. So Im- immediately we, when we talk about politics, we think Republican, Democrat, and blah, blah, blah. But there's more than just that. Oh, yeah, there's independence too. No, no, no. All kind of different subsets of people that uh, ascribe to different theories, whether it's geopolitical, whether it's whatever it is. It speaks to these different cells, these different groups. My brothers and sisters, I am part of the body of Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. We are citizens of heaven. Even though we're still living here on earth, Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven to earth. It's not in its fullness yet, but he bought it here for you and I. What did he say? The, you know, repent. This, remember, Jesus first started preaching. What did he preach? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So he bought it so that he could start building it right here so that he will raise it up, glorify it, and bring it back. <laughs> Hallelujah. I read the back of the book. I know how it all turns out, Brian. So now we're going to go to 1 John, and I think if the Lord allows, we'll kind of land here. 1 John, beginning in verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 18. We know that whatever, whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So let's break this down just a little bit. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. Yeah, but Tony, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Have sinned. All have practiced sin. All have lived in sin. But once you've become born again, you're no longer following sin. Right? That doesn't mean that you won't make a mistake, nor does it mean that you should be satisfied when the mistake is made. Here's what happens. When you make the mistake, if you're truly born again, and you're living after Jesus, and you have Holy Spirit in you, when you make a mistake, you're going to know it. And when you know it, you're supposed to confess it. And, and you're supposed to bring it... You know, Listen, God already knows. But by you confessing it, you're saying something to God. You're humbling yourself before God. You're saying, God, I know this is offensive to you. And I don't want to do it anymore. That's what being a Christian is like. Listen, I know some of you think this. That when I got called to the ministry, I went up on the mountaintop, boom, the magic wand was waved over me. And man, I came down there, I was glowing. Michelle said, woo! And even some mornings when I get out of that office after I've been in the presence of God, woo! No, it's more like this. Just preach whatever he told you. <laughs> no, but, 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 but no, it, it's not that. But, but is Tony different? Yes. Yes, he is. Is he perfect? No. But you know what? He's striving for perfection. And when we miss the mark, when we miss the mark, Holy Spirit convicts us. God, our daddy, says, hey, that's wrong. Don't do that. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. Obviously, there's still some work that needs to be done. I'm not all of that. I still need you. Hallelujah. But here's the other thing. Look in verse 19. Can we put that one back up? Did I give you that one, Mary? No, I didn't? I'm so sorry. I should have given it to you. In verse 19, it says, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Who lies under the sway of the wicked one according to Scripture? The whole world. He's the prince in the power of the air. And see, we were in that before we came to him. What does that mean, under the sway? His influence. Which way is he going? That's he, the whole world is lying under the sway, his sway, his influence, his, his rule. Man, that hurts my feelings. <laughs> I thought I was up here spitting and spewing enough. Evidently, I am. I'm just having fun with you, my young brother. I'm just having fun. No, no, no. I'm just having fun. Hallelujah. No, but, but think about that. Think about that. The whole world is under that influence. The whole world. We were there. We're not there anymore. Thank God. Amen. 
And we know the Son of God has come to give us understanding that we may know Him as true. See, Jesus came to reveal truth. Jesus came that we may know, we may be enlightened so that no longer when the enemy is trying to sway us, when the enemy is trying to influence us, we know what the truth is. We know what it looks like. Amen? Amen? We know what it should be. Jesus revealed that to us. And then further, as the day of Pentecost, when He placed His Spirit in us, further as we go along, we have that ability for discernment. We have that ability to understand the Scripture. We don't have Him sitting there explaining everything to us. We don't have even the apostles. We don't have Peter and we don't have Paul or or John or James or any of them explaining this is what it was meant to be. From No, but we have His written Word. And so when we read this written Word, Holy Spirit in us, Jesus in us, the Spirit, He's given us enlightenment. He's teaching us what's true. So now when the enemy of your soul and mine is out there spewing all of this stuff, and they've got all of these wise men, much wiser than Pastor Tony, many, many, many letters after their name, PhD, blah, 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 Master of this, Master... Well, well, they know. They must know. They're highly educated. Again, you cannot take something that's systematically flawed and solve it with somebody who is systematically flawed. It just can't happen. I don't care how wise you think you are. I don't care how many books on psychology you've studied. I don't care what it is. You, praise God, I'm glad we have many people that are much smarter than me and they are very academically charged and, and fired up. It's awesome. But it does not match up to the wisdom of God. The wisdom of man is foolishness to God. My brothers and sisters, I don't need somebody to try and tell me how we are going to fix this problem, that problem, the other problem. I have someone who told me what is causing the problem and how it should be fixed. And, it, and His name is Jesus. And that's what the Scripture is saying. Jesus showed us. He gave us this ability now to understand the truth. To understand who truly is God and what eternal life is truly all about. Amen? So now continuing in First John, but I'm going to go back into, into uh, chapter 3, verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. There's where I want to land on. Neither is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, that we should love one another. Who? Us in the church. His body. We should love one another. Oh, big deal, Tony. You've said that so many times. I've heard you say it so many times. Well, we need to start practicing it. We need to start practicing it. So now, again, you have the children under the sway of the devil and you have those of us who are in the body of Christ. What part of the, what, Whose body are you part of? Whose body are you part of? Let, let me ask you something. I'm going to ask you the first question. I don't want you to answer it until you hear the second question. Okay? First question. <laughs> Who is the greatest civil rights leader this country has ever seen? Second part of this question. How or why was he great? They got it. Who was it? Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Why? Because he didn't do it. Listen, he didn't use the formula of the world. He didn't use the formula. Listen, he didn't use the formula of what they say at that present age. He He didn't use it based on somebody else's, listen, somebody else's human writings, human philosophy, human teaching. He didn't do that. Word. I'm going I'm to quote some things to you. Now listen, I'm gonna, I know I've got all kind of critics all over the place, so I want to address them right now. Look around you. Everybody in this room, look around you. We have, again, like last week, we have different age groups, different colors. We have, we have a mixed church, and I'm so proud of that. I'm so glad to be part of a, a mixed race church. I'm so proud of it. Now watch. Here's the thing. When I quote these quotes, and when I say what I say, I'm not trying to placate any of you folks who are African American. What I'm saying to you, I truly believe. So, whether you believe me or not, take it up with the Lord. I'm telling you what's from my heart. I truly believe that that man was the greatest 
civil rights leader this country and probably will be the greatest we've ever seen. Besides Jesus, there was no one greater as it relates to bringing peoples together. Okay, and again, Eddie said it, he was a reverend. But listen to some of his quotes. We must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. Lord, let me see that person like you see them. Hallelujah. Lord, let me see them. Lord, they're acting a fool. They're acting crazy. I know they hate me. I know they don't like me. I know they have a totally different worldview. I know that they even don't, they, they don't even love you. But Lord, you love them. So, Lord, let me see them. Give me the ability. Give me the power. Because in and of myself, Tony can't do it. I need you to help me, Lord. I need you to help me to see them like you see them. And guess what? He died for them. Hallelujah. So that's, that's, that's one quote. Here's another one. And he's got so many of them. Man must evolve... For human conflict, a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. God is love. Jesus is God. The foundation, remember the foundation he's building in his church? Hallelujah. Jesus is the answer. What else would a preacher say? The truth? (laughs) Last one. There's so many of them, but last one. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Why was he the, 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 the most effective civil rights leader this nation has ever seen? Because he understood love. He understood God, he understood you cannot fix a system that's flawed with the philosophies and, and, and mighty wisdom of man. It has to be God. It has to be God. Now, let me, let me just say, because some people, again, I know people, I'll have my critics, but that's okay. You know, the doc, Dr. King, Reverend King, he had a lot to say about, uh, you know, the way whites treated blacks, too. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, he was pretty strong about, you know, the things, how bad they were and, and how unfair things were. It wasn't just about, oh, you know, everybody love and peace and all that. He was pretty strong. He took a stand. And, and listen, he protested and he marched. He was arrested. He didn't just talk to talk. He wasn't speaking some, from some penthouse somewhere. And it, see, so some of these guys that have that reverend in front of their name right now, I, I don't know what Bible they're preaching or teaching out of, but it ain't the same one that I'm reading. It ain't the same one that I'm studying. Just because they have reverend in front of their name, they can't shine Dr. King's shoes. Let me just tell you that. And I didn't mean that ugly, like as ugly as it sounded. I meant that they can't even match him as it relates to their ability to lead and to go ahead and, and make change. My brothers and sisters, listen. Dr. King understood something, but not only did he just speak, not only did he just collect money, not only did he just hold hostage companies and all this other stuff, you better do this, otherwise we're going to protest you. Otherwise, No, he didn't do that. He was there. He was there. He marched. He was arrested. He was, listen, he was persecuted. He wasn't doing it from some high in the sky tower. He wasn't doing it on CNN and CBS and all this other. He wasn't doing it on the internet. He was there. He was on the ground. He was marching. And guess what? There were a lot of other people marching too. White, black, red. There were all kind of race of people. All people who understood that we are one body. One one. And if part of my body is hurting, if part of my body is being persecuted, then the whole body needs to rally around because that body needs to protect and help the body. I will march with you. I will stand shoulder with shoulder with you. But I'm not going to stand just to say, oh, all the police are bad. and all. No, I will stand with you and say, we need to bring God back into the culture. We need to be God back into the schools. We need to be God back into the health care system. We need to bring the Ten Commandments back into the courthouses. Hallelujah. Back into the schoolhouses. I'm going I'm to march shoulder to shoulder with you. We're going to lock hands and we're going to say, let's solve this problem. We can solve this problem together. Solve the problem together. What, well, Tony, what do you think the answer is? Jesus. 
Let's bring God back into the culture. Let's bring God back into the schools. Instead of telling these kids what to think, let's teach them how to think. I'm going to tell you something. This is just a symbol, so nobody get offended. This is a symbol, but this symbol is making me mad, keeping me stirred up. And i got to pray for this anger because I don't want to act and react emotionally according to anger. <laughs> Amen. Somebody's listening. Praise the Lord. No, no, no. Yesterday, Shell and I are sitting around just a little bit, and she said, well, you know, because I'm always tossing around in the mind the Word of God, and what are you preaching tomorrow? I said, well, I thought I was going to do this. I said, but I've got to address this situation. I've got to address it. Oh, man, you're not... If I say way off, correct me. I'm not going to make... You're not going to talk about politics, are you? I know how much everybody loves that. I said, no, but listen, as the shepherd of people, as the shepherd in the body and under-shepherd of Jesus Christ, I've got to talk about what's affecting the body of Christ now. We've got to talk about that now. We've got to have these discussions now amongst us. See, because let me tell you all something. We have, the church not only has the ability, but we have the obligation to be the shining city on the hill right now. See, all of us understand, black, white, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. We all have the obligation to show them what the body of Christ truly looks like. We're not splintered. We're not segregated. I went to a meeting and, and, and and I'm... It was so disheartening because I'm hearing about, and it was in a church, and it's, you know, and there's ministry. I mean, it's just so disheartening because they're talking about all of this stuff, and man, I just wanted to get up and shout, but I figured I'd be ushered out. I wanted to get up and shout and say, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, huh? Turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin. And heal their land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but, no, but, but, but we're talking about all of this stuff. and Okay, great, that's fine. But there, there, there's, a, there's a way that this problem gets solved from in the church. In the church, we know that the better way is love. I'm going to go there right now. See, Dr. King understood that. I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians. If I gave you this, Mary, please put it up there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Let me pause there right now. See, because I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal. I hate to see someone, and don't even send me any letters, because last time I said this, somebody sent me an email and said, you shouldn't say that. I'm a Pentecostal preacher. I, I, I just believe in, uh, if you call me, label me, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I just believe that we are in, living in a time, especially now, when we need the signs, wonders, and miracles. And we need the full gospel. We need to have the same signs, the same miracles, the same power, the same resurrection power that abided in the first church is the same resurrection power that abides in me. How will that be played out differently now than then? It shouldn't. Same spirit, same resurrection power, alright? So I'm not going to make any apologies for it. But here's what I will say. Because so many have just highlighted that and emphasized that and taken those things and done some silly, silly, silly stuff with it, it, it just spoils the whole barrel. And then so many have made that such a high priority in ministry. Where, oh, if you're not speaking in tongues, if you're not doing this, you know, it ain't right. Or it, but fooey on all of that. Do I believe that's all part of it? It's all relevant? It's all real? Yes! I'm, I'm praying for a revival, that kind of revival, where people come in here, we get, a, we get a little group of prayer. Man, some lady comes in here and she's totally distraught. She's got some problems. I'd love for Pastor Michelle and a couple of you ladies get around her. She prays and all of a sudden that woman breaks out and she gets slain in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit heals her on the inside. Her emotional problems, things that happen, things that she may or may not have been carrying for years, these scars, they can be erased right now. Right now. Somebody who's been addicted to something. Man, I know, and you, some of you may know, I've known people who have been addicted to drugs, hardcore. 
instantaneously delivered. No withdrawal. No nothing. Oh yeah. No, it happens. It happens. My brothers and sisters, that's the kind of thing that I'm interested in. That's the kind of move of Holy Spirit. That's the kind of Pentecostal thing I want to hear. I want to be able to, when someone comes up here, someone needs a word from the Lord, and someone is able to speak into their life the grace of God, because God in that moment placed those two people together, and God wants you to hear it, so you can be delivered and set free. That's what this is. That's what the Pentecostal thing is all about. But we've made it so, so fanatical, so showy, and, 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 and taken away from it. So I read all of that, I'm saying yes and amen, and, and, and are, all, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Because some people think that they are. Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But here's where we land, my brothers and sisters. Here's where we land. But earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. My brothers and sisters, right from here, he goes where? Chapter 13, the love chapter. Love is the more excellent way. That's what Dr. King understood. Love is the excellent way. We can do all of this other stuff. And we and my brothers and sisters, all of this other stuff has divided the church. Churches have divided over the baptism of the Holy Ghost, some signs and wonders. Churches have divided over little doctrinal differences and all that other stuff. No, you know what? We should be united as His body in love. Why? It's the more excellent way. And you know, uh, I, want to t- I, want to, I don't want to read the whole chapter to you, so I'm going to start in um, verse 4. Because... Love is not easy. Just ask, ask Dr. King. If you had the ability to ask him right now if love is easy, knowing what he's gone through, what do you think he would say? No. Let me ask you this. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm going to ask the husbands and wives. You're, you're, you're in a godly relationship. You know that you know, God is the center of you and your wife, your spouse. Is love easy? Michelle, is love easy? Well, you didn't have to say that. I mean, you could have kind of made believe that you... That's right. Yeah, right? Yes and amen. Hallelujah. No. Well, what, 62 years? 61 years? 61 years married. Mom and dad prayed. 61 years. Hallelujah. Amen? Was it easy all the time? Hey, Dad, if you were smart, you wouldn't have shook that head like that, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, but I'm not trying to cause any fights in any homes right now. But, but you understand what I mean. Love isn't easy. Love isn't easy. You know, it's not easy when you, when you, when you have a spouse who you're you espoused to, pardon the grammar. It's not, that, it's not easy. But what about when it's someone who you don't know, really? You know, I, I love the church, but the fact of the matter is, I don't know all of you, you know, very closely. I know some of you more than others. Come here, you. This is like my second mama. <laughs> now, let me, let, me just tell you, let me just tell you something about this, this lady. I think she was in our church just a couple weeks, just dabbling, and then her son was killed. And um, my heart was broken, obviously. Michelle's heart, our heart was broken. And uh, we did, we, only thing I knew what to do was to just get beside her as, as good as I could, and, and Michelle at that time, not really knowing her that well yet. But I will tell you what this lady did. We, when we went to that service, we were about the only white people there. Yeah, we were about the only white people. Well, there was a few, but mostly it was black and Hispanic because that's what my kids knew. Well, this one, I was sitting kind of in the back with Michelle and I, this woman, who has only known me for a few weeks, she comes up to me. She says, oh, no, you're sitting up there. She put me on the platform with the other pastors. Pastor. Yeah. And right then I knew, this is my sister. She don't care about what people think. This, this, we're, we're part of the same body right now. And then all, after all of those years, all of those years, we're still together. 
I can't get her. It's like gum on the shoe, you know what I mean? <laughs> and when, when I stick, you pull it, I'm coming right <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. I, just as long as I don't get hit with the shoe, I'm on. <laughs> but, but you know what? To, and I say that to say, I mean, honestly, in, in, in all sincerity, if I needed someone to pray for me, I want her to pray for me. You know why? Because I know, listen, I, I know, do I, oh, Catherine's holier than everybody. God will hear her. No. No, I don't. But I, here's what I do know. Catherine will, from her heart, try to get a hold of God for me. You, do, do you hear me? See, that's what being part of his body is about. It doesn't matter. It, shoot. I even think that I probably... I'm, I'm, I, shoot, man. I'm darker than she is anyway. So, yeah. But... <laughs> But the fact she's gonna she get, don't take it off don't take no don't don't take the shoe off no but but oh she got you're getting a tan hey stay in the sun a little while longer you may catch up with me that's all I'm saying no but think about this for me I know we're being a little we're having fun we're being a little silly but the fact of the matter is and and that in and of itself speaks look at the kind of fun that me and her can have there's no such thing no we ain't no politically correct why she's my sister. She's my sister. I'm not worried about offending her. I mean, there are certain lines I will not cross with her. Don't get me wrong. Just because she's my sister, I don't have carte blanche. I could say and do whatever I want. Why? Is that, the way, is that how Jesus wants it? Of course not. My brothers and sisters, man. This is what it's all about. I, I, we let it be known by His people, through His people, that He is a God that is, is all-inclusive. But when you are in, once you're in, it, there's no more individual groups within. We're all one. We are all one. Hallelujah. It's, it's not easy. It, it's not easy. Love suffers long and is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up does not behave rudely. See, doesn't that cover it? Uh, you know, just because I'm familiar with you doesn't mean you give me the right to be rude with you. It does not seek its own. See, I, again, my brothers and sisters, so much of, of what we're experiencing out there could be solved if we just paid attention even to the Ten Commandments. But then let's just look at this one thing. Does not seek its own. If I was less involved in what I wanted and what I needed and what I had and, and more involved with what you need and what you need, what you desire, what you should have, problem solved. Problem solved. It's not provoked. Love is not provoked. See, that's, that's another thing. You know, we, we, we stand here and we hurl these, these saying, these things and all this other... You know what? Sometimes, I, I, I will tell you something. I have to check myself. And some, I will not watch news and, and some things I'm trying not to listen to. I, I'm just going to confess something to you right now. And, and Michelle's she's probably shuddering right now. I'm going to confess something to you. Sometimes when people tell me that I'm privileged because of the color of my skin blows my mind. Let, let me, my parents, Michelle's parents, their parents, they all worked their butts off. No one gave them anything. My, Michelle's mom and dad sacrificed. They were in the military, traveled from place to place. My mom and dad sometimes didn't eat so that they could feed me and my sister. My, my parents did without, right? And so, so, I'm not trying to say that my plight is equal to, or I'm, I'm not saying anything like that. But privilege, you know that if it, me and Michelle, this church was born from a small group of people who wanted to make a difference in the Dade City community, and most specifically because we saw that there was uh, uh, this covert racism, and we wanted to bring the people together. We that's that 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 first launch group. That was our mission. Me and her are the only ones that are left. Me and her both work full-time jobs. I'm not saying, woe is me. I'm not saying, oh, poor me. Oh, we're, we're making all this sacrifice. But, but, but I'm saying, privilege, really? We've, our, our dollars have supported this church through all of these years, along with some of you, some of you others. But, we, but you know, it's been... Are you understand what I'm trying to say? We both work full-time jobs. We're trying to help... The church, the people, and it doesn't matter 
who you are, what color you are, you know, what your socioeconomic status is. We're trying to bring the, the body of Christ together and bring people into the body of Christ. Period. That's it. I'm not trying to make it to heaven. I'm already there. I'm just trying to do what God has called me to do. We and her, me and Michelle together, we're trying to do what God has called us to do. So I've got to tell you, what, why did you say that, Tony? Because I cannot let the devil provoke me by you know, being resentful and then seeing that stuff that I just said to you, right? That's cathartic. I mean, I said it because I want to be transparent with you. I said it because you're my brother, you're my sister, you're, we're all part of the same body. I want to tell you, it hurts me. It hurts me because I know what our parents had went through. Yeah, did they go what your parents, did, did, ever, did our parents go through what your parents went through? Those of you who are, happen to be minorities in this room? Probably not. Probably not. And so I'm not going to make any pretense here at all. At all. So here we are. We're looking at what love should not look like. So I'm telling you, Pastor Tony should not let those things provoke him so that he has to think of all of these things instead of, what can I do for you? What can I do to help the situation? What can I do to make it better? Are you with me? Thinks no evil. Can, can you Love thinks no evil. That's tough to do sometimes, especially when someone's abusing you. Come on. Does not rejoice in iniquity. Oh my. We could, we could park on this. But that's being celebrated right now. Rejoices in the truth. See, my brothers and sisters, that's, that's something that has to be taught from pulpits. We, see, today it would have been really easy. Michelle, when we were having that discussion, as I told you about earlier, and I told her, oh, you're not talking about politics, sorry, because I'm so tired of hearing all of this. I, I just want to hear something nice and something good. Well, again, I'm the shepherd. I have to tell you the truth. And sometimes the truth isn't pleasant to hear. But the good news is your father who loves you is telling you the truth so that you will not be under the sway of the evil one. Hallelujah. Because he has a blessing for you. He has a promise for you. And that promise has already been fulfilled. As long as you're not under the sway of the devil, as long as you know what the truth is, you will receive the promise. Amen? It's that simple. It really is that simple. Hallelujah. Bears all things. Love bears all things. Man, and sometimes it's tough. There are burdens that many of us bear. And sometimes, I've, if I've heard this once, I've heard it a thousand times. Man, I can't take it anymore. I'm just tired. Talk to someone, I'm just tired. Okay. I, I don't know anything except what the scripture says. Jesus says, listen, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So maybe we need to go ahead. He says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. See, so I thought that I did that. Well, see, the sign that you're tired and you're so burdened means that maybe you didn't. Or maybe you did, but then you took them back. Maybe you did and you didn't see, listen, you didn't see what you expected to see and you thought, well, Pastor Tony's full of hot air because that didn't work. No, it's working. Listen, even though I don't see it, you're working. Even though I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. See, I don't have to see it. I walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, that's easy for you to say, Tony. What else would you say? The truth. The truth. If he said it, then, then, I, then I have to believe it and I have to live like I believe it. Amen? Hallelujah. It bears all things, believes all things. What does that mean? Believe anything that comes down the pike? No, it doesn't mean that. It means I'm going to believe what's best about my brothers and my sisters. I'm going to believe you know, a good report. I'm not going to believe negative about you. And I'm, see, I said this last week, and I don't know how anybody took it. You know, someone can't tell me that all, um, all police are bad, because I know some police officers are not. Someone can't tell me that all women are this. Someone can't tell me all black people are, or young black men are criminal. They can't do that. Why? Why? I already know. I know, look, I know you. 
We're part of the same body. No one can't tell me, no one can't paint any picture about you that's, that's not true because I know you. It, it, it doesn't matter. So I'm going to believe the positive about you. I'm going to believe the positive about the people. I'm going to believe the positive about the parts of the body of Christ. I'm not going to believe the worst. I'm not going to believe the negative about you. It hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. I'm going to leave it there. Question, whose body are you part of? Whose body are you part of? I know many of you are, are de- most definitely, I know you. We've been together. We're part of the same body. And there are many people who may be listening right now. You're not sure. You can be that sure that quick. If you've come to the place where you know that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you know that the way that you're going is not the right way, Jesus said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you're tired of hearing the lies, if you're tired of those people who always promised you this and promised you that and that never were able to deliver, you still find yourself in the same situation you were in all of those years ago, maybe it's about time you went a different way. Maybe it's about time you go to the feet of Jesus and you say, Jesus, I receive you. I receive the sacrifice that you made for me. Jesus, I receive the kingdom that you've provided for me. So Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I need to go a different way. I want to follow you. So forgive me and save me. Amen. If that's you in this room, hallelujah. If that's where your heart is right now, do it. And for those who may be listening to me, if that's where your heart is right now, do it. If you do it, then you're saved. But you've got to follow him. You can't pray a prayer and think he's going to wave a magic wand over you. He's going to touch you. He's going to depart. You've got to recognize the love that he has for you that he poured out on the cross. And then you've got to say, I want in. I want that love. I, I recognize he loved me. I want in. I want in. I want to be a part of that. And then you have to start loving people because he loves them. Amen? Amen. I was going to pray a prayer out of Ephesians, but I'm not going to. If those of you who, again, you're part of the body, let's, let's pray together as the body. All right? If you've had some negative thoughts through this whole thing, if you've had some thoughts, regardless of whether you think they're racial or whatever, it doesn't matter. Through this whole thing, if you've looked to somebody else or you felt... Listen, don't... Listen. Don't condemn yourself. Don't feel condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But if you've been convicted, then then you need to let that bring what it's meant to bring. Confession. So if you've had any ill will toward a brother or a sister because of the color of their skin, because of their political view, because of anything, man, you need to ask for forgiveness. You really do. If I've offended anybody, I, I didn't purposely. Sometimes I say a lot of things. Just ask my wife. I don't want to offend anybody. So if I have, forgive me. The love of Christ should compel us to love each other. And when we're sitting in this time, such as this time that we're in right now, we can be the light, we can be the salt. We can be the answer to the problem. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Father, thank you for the scriptures that are just truth. Thank you, Lord God, for enlightening us. Thank you for bringing different people from different places, different languages, different colors, just to be part of your body. This small church, this, this little body of believers, Father, I thank you for every soul represented in this room, every family, every house represented in this room. And Father, for those who couldn't make it here today because, they're, you know, because of the virus or whatever things that, uh, that have held them back, Father, I pray and include them in this prayer as well. Father, bless them. Father, thank you for the word that you've given us. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, that you would stir us up on the inside. Lord, bring conviction 
where conviction is needed. Father, if there are any, if there's any, anything, any darkness, any, any hidden sin, anything that we've held back from you, Father, reveal it. Reveal it. Father, if any of the secret sins, any of the things, Father, that we've, we've kind of held back, Father, bring conviction. Father, if, if, if I'm holding an ought against somebody and, I, and, I'm, and I've basically justified it or I've been so used to doing it, I don't even feel it anymore, Lord, bring it back up that I may for, be, ask for forgiveness. Father, Father, please, bring to our heart and to our mind that we won't, not that we would be guilty, Father, not, that, that you're not about that. You're not about bringing us guilt and shame. Father, you're about cleaning us, making us clean. Father, clean us, make us clean. Father, that we may be before you in righteousness and in holiness. Father, that we may be vessels of honor. Father, that we may do your work, that we may be the shining city on the hill. Lord, help us to love each other more fervently than we've ever done it before. Father, help us to live out the word that you've placed in us more readily than we've ever done it before. Father, in the days and in the weeks ahead, I pray that there would be no shadow of any doubt. Father, which, which body that we're part of? We are part of the body of Christ. Jesus, you are our head. You command and we'll go. Father, I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our soon coming King. Amen, amen. and amen. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. Have a great, listen, have a great week. But remember which body that you are part of. Amen? Amen.